Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget, or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fine. Visit IXL.com slash fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com slash fine. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. With an emphasis on thoughtful design, ethical manufacturing, and the recent release of more inclusive sizing, Brass is dedicated to serving women the clothing they need so they can spend their energy on the things that really matter. We're talking tops, bottoms, dresses, and sweaters. Brass has the kinds of basics that I love to wear and that I know I can wear again and again and again for years to come. To start building a wardrobe that works, visit BrassClothing.com and use the code BYTHEBOOK for 15% off your first order. Key is a sunglasses brand founded at Australian music festivals that has since expanded worldwide. They offer fashion sunglasses and blue light glasses at an affordable price point starting at $50. Key is loved by celebrities, influencers, and festival goers worldwide. And of course, Jolenta, you and I also love Key. We look terrific in our Key sunglasses. Use promo code BTB at keyaustralia.com for 20% off your order. That's promo code BTB at QUAYAustralia.com. Restrictions apply. Free shipping for U.S. orders over $75. Hey, folks, it's Nora here, producer for Buy the Book. And just a heads up that today's episode includes some discussion about abuse. Hey, Kristen. Yeah, Jolenta. I think there are four things we can agree upon. Oh, wait. I think I know what they are. We both agree that Dolly Parton is a saint. The Golden Girls are icons, dogs and clothes are international treasures, and cilantro is the garnish of the double. Okay, I do not agree about the cilantro thing. I think it's a delightful garnish. Mm, yeah. And besides, Kristen, those aren't the four agreements I'm talking about. I know. I, I, I knew that mm -hmm. because there are four agreements that you have been curious about for years, and listeners have been writing us for years about these particular four agreements because there's a self-help book written all about them. 
That's right. And today, we're going to give those agreements a try. Because I'm Jolenta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. And this is By the Book. In each episode of Buy the Book, we choose a different self-help book to live by, follow it to the letter, and weigh in on whether or not it actually changed our lives. Today, our book is The Four Agreements, a practical guide to personal freedom by Don Miguel Ruiz. The youngest of 13 children, Don Miguel Ruiz was born in rural Mexico to parents who were healers and practitioners of ancient Toltec traditions. The Toltecs were indigenous people who flourished in Mexico before the Aztecs. As a young adult, Ruiz graduated from medical school in Mexico City and practiced neurosurgery with his older brother in Tijuana. But after a near-fatal car accident, he felt compelled to leave medicine and examine the essential truths about life and humanity. With his mother's help, and through her ancestral teachings, he discovered his own path to awareness and the inner workings of his mind. In The Four Agreements, Don Miguel Ruiz reveals what he considers the source of self-limiting beliefs that rob us of joy and create needless suffering, and encourages us to adopt a whole new set of agreements with ourselves and the world. The Four Agreements claims to offer a powerful code of conduct that can rapidly transform our lives to a new experience of freedom, true happiness, and love. First published in 1997, it has since sold over 6 million copies in the United States and 7 million worldwide. It has been translated into 40 languages and appeared on the New York Times bestseller list for nearly 10 years. Here's how you do it. And note, there aren't just the four agreements. There are seven total steps. Step one, the first agreement, be impeccable with your word. Every human is a magician, and we can either put a spell on someone with our word or we can release someone from a spell. For example, if we say to a friend, I see that kind of color in your face in people who are going to get cancer, and the friend listens, he will have cancer in less than a year. Instead, use your word in the direction of truth and love. Do not gossip. Do not speak against yourself. Being impeccable with your word is an act of self-love that will make you happy and at peace. Step two, the second agreement. Don't take anything personally. Nothing other people do is because of you. It's because of themselves. Thus, it should not be important to you if other people think you are an angel or a demon. It should not matter if they say, you are hurting me, because the truth is these people are hurting themselves. People who feel the need to suffer will make you abuse them. People who lie to themselves will not tell you the truth. Their agreements are about fear, anger, sadness, and jealousy. If you live without fear, if you love yourself and everything around you, there is no place for those emotions. When you make this agreement, you will no longer need to trust what others do or say. You'll only need to trust yourself. Step three, the third agreement. Don't make assumptions. We have the tendency to make assumptions about everything. We make the assumption that everyone sees life the way we do. We assume that others think the way we think, feel the way we feel, and judge the same way we do. To keep yourself from making assumptions, ask questions. Make sure the communication is clear. If you don't understand, ask. The day you stop making assumptions, you will communicate clearly and free of emotional poison. Step four, the fourth agreement, do your best. Regardless of the quality, keep 
doing your best, no more and no less than your best. If you try too hard to do more than your best, you will spend more energy than is needed, and in the end, your best won't be enough. But if you do less than your best, you subject yourself to frustration, self-judgment, guilt, and regrets. If you always do your best, there is no way you can judge yourself. Step 5. Break old agreements. To really change your beliefs, you need to focus your actions on what it is that you want to change. So develop an awareness and take an inventory of all the self-limiting, fear-based beliefs that make you unhappy. See your state of mind as a disease so you can be open to the cure. Open your emotional wounds. Let go of any blame you feel toward abusive parents and others who've done you wrong. Forgive them and accept that they were victims of their own beliefs and programming while stopping any abuse that's still ongoing. Do all you can to free yourself from the tyranny of your inner judge, have control over your emotions rather than repress them, and live every day as though it's your last day alive. Step 6. Create a new dream. You have the power to create hell, and you have the power to create heaven. Why not use your mind, your imagination, and your emotions to dream heaven? Imagine that you have the ability to see the world with different eyes whenever you choose. Close your eyes and then open them and look outside. See love coming out of the trees, love coming out of the sky, love coming out of the people walking by. Perceive love from everything and everyone around you. This is the state of bliss. Then, use your imagination and your new eyes of perception to see yourself living a new life, a life where you don't need to justify your existence and where you are free to be who you really are. Step 7. Pray. Take a moment to close your eyes, open your heart, and feel all the love that comes from your heart. Take a deep breath and feel the air as it fills your lungs. Feel how the air is nothing but love. And then exhale and feel the pleasure again. Feel the pleasure of being alive and the pleasure of the feeling of love. Then follow the freedom prayer in the book, which is focused on feeling free to be who you really are. And then follow the love prayer, which is focused on connection and gratitude for all that's around you. That's what the book says. And so that's what we did for two weeks straight. All right, Jolenta. Tell us about your first week of living by the four agreements. Oh, I'll tell you. Yes, do uh, it. Um, well, for the four agreements, I started on step five because that <laughs> makes sense. No, uh, I started with step five, which is breaking old agreements, because to me, that seemed like the most common sense place to start, mm -hmm. right? Like if I'm going to have four new agreements, I should break my old ones first. Yeah, totally makes sense. Yes. Yeah. So to do step five, I sat down with my partner, Brad, and started listing out my self-limiting beliefs so I could start disagreeing with them, you know, as the book says. But this wasn't as straightforward as I thought it would be. Listen. So what are all of the self-limiting fear-based beliefs that make me unhappy? What? You know... Just your run-in-the-mill, what are all of my self-limiting fear-based beliefs that make me unhappy? Okay. You think your body's the wrong okay. shape. My your body, body self-image. It's gross. I'm I, gross. No one should listen to me. Uh, I'm a flake. <laughs> I mean, I am. I'm bad at spelling. That limits you? It makes me embarrassed all the time and unhappy. Mm. 
But I don't think I can, like, will myself to be good at spelling. Like, I have to, like, get better at spelling. You can't just say, like, I'm good at spelling. This is the problem with, like, just change your belief structure. Is like, like, I won't be good at spelling. Sometimes it's not the way you see yourself. Like, this sometimes. is where I get into, like, those cults of happiness that make people just delusional. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, what else? Okay, on the one hand, that sounds kind of cute and funny. But mm-hmm. then on the other hand, it's like, is this really getting rid of the old beliefs is this actually I, I mean how did you feel while you were I doing mean, this I mean I get the point of this exercise some of the things I think about myself are very destructive I should not walk around thinking that my body is gross and my thoughts don't have value like those are not facts and they can't be doing me any good but me being bad at spelling is a fact not a subjective theory or anything yeah, I mean, Brad was getting at that. It would take actual effort to change that fact. Yes, yes. I can't, you know, use thought magic. <laughs> so what did you do after that? After that, I moved on to step one because I was like, great, I know my bad agreements. Let's get to the good ones that the book <laughs> says I should have. And step one is uh, being impeccable with your word. Mm-hmm. And considering one of my self-limiting beliefs is that uh, I'm a flake, I clearly could work on being more impeccable with my word. You know, I'm a flake. I run late. I bail on plans. Uh, You may have noticed this about me. I wasn't going to say anything about it. I wasn't (laughs) going to say anything about it. No, no. Yeah, and I mean, I don't mean to be a flake, but uh, there are lots of factors. I'm still fine-tuning my ADHD meds, which literally fucks with my concept of times. I, I often overcommit. I hate leaving the house. All of these things lead to me being a flake. But this book was going to cure me, and I was going to use my impeccable word to work some magic and make me more reliable. So here I am using my word magic. I run on time. I'm on time. All the fucking time. I'm on time. I have a good sense of time. I have the best sense of time ever. Listen to you yeah. trying to cast a spell on yeah, yourself. Yeah, that's just me in a subway station fucking talking to myself about how on time I run. And did it work? Well, that answer comes later. And for now, I just want to tell you about step two. Oh, man, yeah. you're totally— You're going to have to wait. Ugh. Magic takes time. <laughs> that's the not taking it personally yes, one, right? Yes, not taking it personally. And uh, I take things personally all the fucking time. <laughs> I'd like to think my whole career is based on taking things personally. Like, that's what my comedy is about. Like, hey, let's explore this thing that I took really fucking personally. But the book says taking things personally is bad. And it only hurts you and adds drama to your life. And it's often just miscommunication, which is probably true. So at first reading, I was like, this is true. Totally. Oh, my gosh. Like, Brad doesn't mean to hurt my feelings when he doesn't, like, wash his beard hairs out of the sink. Like, he's just being absent-minded and running late. But then there are other instances that are harder for me to reconcile when it comes to not taking things personally. And uh, I discussed this with Brad. Take a listen. Do you think it's easier for men, like white men, to not think, not take things personally? I think we have an easier time just saying, like, no, you're objectively wrong. Yeah. Well, and I think it's easier to not take things personally when, like, the deck isn't stacked against you. You know what I mean? Um, like, yeah. don't take it personally. You didn't get the job, like, a white man can say, because, like... You know, it wasn't personal. But if it's, like, to a, you know, female minority, 
you can be like, I might take it personally. I might have been super qualified, but like not given like a shot. Like it might be because of my personhood, like, or, you know, this book says like, just don't take things personally, period. But it's like, I think that's easy to say when you're given like the majority of the benefit of the doubt, right? Because like, I take things personally often when they're about like blind spots. I think I'm going to not do that step. All right, I'm totally cool with you skipping step two. What? Yeah. Are you serious? I, I, you know what? I'm very cool with you skipping that step, and maybe it's because I know somebody else who skipped that step. Shut but no, up. I'm sorry. Oh I'm my god, I'm foreshadowing, and it's not time to talk about my week yet, is it? I mean, it kind of is. That's where I ended my week one. I basically ruined our whole breakfast by talking about how I hate men. They get the benefit of the doubt. I take everything personally. My high school health teacher harassed me and touched me. And like, I'm going to take that personally, regardless of whether or not it was his damage. And then I said, fuck step two. And that was the end of my week one. So I think it is the perfect time to hear about your experience living by the four agreements. All right. All right. Well, I will get into it. But I maybe teased you a little bit because (gasps) no, the skipping steps doesn't actually come until my second week. I so, have to wait so long. Yeah, you have to wait so long. Well, so. let's get through your first week, please. All right. So I decided to organize all the steps from what I considered the most fun to the least fun. So it's I the most did the, Kristen way to organize it. Yes. Yes. So that meant all the fun steps actually landed in week one. I see. Beginning with step one. And that would be... Be impeccable with your word. Yes, the first agreement. That's right. And I have to say, I think I'm usually pretty good about this. You are. Yeah. 100%. You're like one of the first people I think of when I'm like, who's someone that's always sticks to their word? Yeah, I try my best to. I don't gossip too much unless it's just telling the truth about people who've done me wrong. You're so good about that. I'm not a liar. And when I say I'm going to do something, I do it. And usually ahead of time. So I was a bit at a loss here about what can I do differently to follow this step. And fortunately, my friend Sarah Bentley, who is just super wise and incredibly kind, she had some great advice for me. Every time you use the say impeccable, I keep thinking of the magic of tidying up. I'm supposed (laughs) to be tidy with my words. Maybe that's it. Maybe my words should spark joy. Oh, oh, that's that's a nice way to think about it. Maybe that's another way to think about being impeccable with your words is only say and knowing you like you're a you're a walking spark of joy. And so maybe being impeccable to your words is being true to yourself. And so you should think about, you know, that everything you say sparks joy. I'm going to try to use my words to spark joy. Yes. You're a beautiful person and I love you. And I'm so glad I got to spend time with you. It's a gift to see you. I love you. (laughs) Thank you, Kristen. I don't know why that is like so beautiful. I'm Isn't getting a little emotional. That's the kind of person Sarah Bentley like, is. That She's is wonderful. such a beautiful way to look at it and so perfect for you. Like, I want to cry because like, I would never even think of seeing it that way. Yeah. <laughs> like, what a nice way to look at the world. Oh, my God. And it wasn't just beautiful and magical. It was also so fun to think of my words this way and how I could use them this way. For example, when I saw some parks department guys at an intersection in their green truck, I waved at them and yelled, thank you for all you do. You make the city so beautiful. That's so beautiful. And it gave them all huge smiles and they waved back and they did the horn thing where they go with a horn and stuff. Yeah, it was great. And when I visited a new business in the neighborhood that just opened, a business that, by the way, looked like a yoga studio, I just popped in and said, welcome to the 
neighborhood. It is so good to have new neighbors. And oh, by the way, little did I realize they weren't a yoga studio. They oh, were nice. a marijuana dispensary. What? Where? I gotta go. <laughs> Guys, I need to go. Pause the taping. <laughs> I got to go get a prescription and get out of here. I'm sorry. What were you saying? Okay. All right. All right. So I'm just going to move on and tell you what I did next. Yeah. Wait. What did you do after step one? So I moved on to— What was next most fun? Step four. The fourth agreement to do my best. That was the next fun thing to do. And I love doing my best. Yeah. Wait. That's just be Kristen. (laughs) No, it's not totally. Because as listeners know, as you know, Jolenta— Sometimes my husband, Dean, and I do way more than our best, which the book does not like. So for this step, I tried to broach the subject with Dean. It's 9.47 p.m. and it's Saturday night and we're still working. Well, I'm having fun. But do you think that it's possible that sometimes you and I try our best for too many hours in a day? Um, That's possible. What if we try our best to do something that's not work for the rest of the night? Yeah. Poor Dean sounds so lost. Like, what would we do if it was not work? And you know what we did? I grabbed Dean's hands and I forced him to dance with me. And we danced and danced around our new kitchen table. And then the dancing gave me some inspiration for step six. Step six, by the way, is creating a new dream. What was the new dream? Well, together, Dean and I dreamed that we could make more of an effort to have fun with our bodies and not just our brains. You guys have plenty of fun with your bodies. Well, I'm not. <laughs> as someone who's had to listen to like a lot of foot scraping and bath audio, I'd say you guys are pretty good. But, but uh, no, continue. But no, no, no. I mean, I mean, like rather than just sitting on our butts while we work, right. shaking our butts, just shake them up a little bit. Shake it, shake those booties. Yeah. So we did a couple of things. First, we found this Groupon for the gym on our block, which was like eighty percent off for That's a great. two month mini membership. So we're like, it's cold out. This will give us a good excuse to take some fun classes. They have dance classes and boxing classes and everything at That's this gym. Great. Plus, so, gym on your block is always good. Oh, yeah. It's eight I've doors down from I us. I will never go past my block to work out. Yeah, likewise. So we signed up for that. And also, when we weren't at home and not at the gym, I tried to find fun new ways every day to move our body, even if it was just walking down the street. Listen. Yeah. We can go this way. Walk like this. Go like this. Okay. La, la, la. La, 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 la. <laughs> But you didn't move your hips this way. You're going this. Go like this. I'm 30 years old. My hips are welded to my spine, honey. I can't do that. I can bounce along on okay, my Okay, you can do that. You can do that and I'll do this. Okay, I'll do this. La, la, la. Oh, Dean. <laughs> Such a good sport. <laughs> it was so fun. I dare you to wacky walk, as I called it during that Girl, week. I went to acting school. You know how to wacky walk. I wacky walk like no tomorrow. <laughs> I did horrible things like where you go to Union Square and just like copy people's walks, walk around like a monster. It's so But it is fun. fun. It's really fun, like shaking your hips in weird ways, dancing with your shadows while you walk. It's fun because we're grown-up people and little kids do that all the time. But it's true. It's fun to do as as an adult. You're recapturing your sense of wonder. (laughs) Anyway, after you recaptured your sense of wonder while walking, what did you do next? Well, I wrapped up the week with step seven. Praying? Praying. Yes. Yes. That's right. And I know you're going to say, Kristen. Yeah, wait. Aren't these the fun steps? (laughs) No offense to praying. Well, the fact is the book's version of praying is actually pretty fun. It's really just like 
closing your eyes and then opening them again and looking at the world and appreciating what's there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I love looking at the world. I love looking at my birds on the bird feeder. Yes, you do. I love those birds. Love those birds. You're still tweeting about those birds? I love to tweet about the birds. She tweets about birds, guys. That's what she does. (laughs) And just looking out at the world and saying, I love you and I'm lucky to be a part of all of this and I feel connected to you and I'm thankful for you. I love you. I love the world. I love you cute, fat, feathery body birds. I love all of you. I, I love the world and I love the sun and I'm lucky to be you a part of it. You just love everything. It the parks great. department, birds, yeah. walking. Yeah. It's just a fucking joy to be Kristen. It was a joy. But not to worry. There is some drama that is going to happen. Thank but, God. you know, that all happens during week two. Of course it does. But before we get to that, let's take a quick break. If there's something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals, BetterHelp Online Counseling can help. BetterHelp is fantastic. They offer licensed professional counselors who are specialized in issues like depression, anxiety, relationships, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBTQ matters, grief, self-esteem, and more. And you can connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. That's what I love about BetterHelp. It's almost like reading a self-help book because you can do it on your own time, but you have a professional guiding you through it. Best of all, it is a truly affordable option. Buy the book listeners even get 10% off your first month with the discount code BTB. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com slash BTB. Then simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash BTB. Hum Nutrition is all about making you look and feel your best. Each specific supplement pack from Hum is a combination of potent ingredients designed for specific aims like clearer skin, boosted energy or fuller hair, and backed by clinical results. Hum focuses on preventing concerns and long-term care and repair, not damage control or covering it up. They have an inside-out approach that goes beyond skincare regimens and gives you great results. Personally, I am very into their Hair Sweet Hair Growth Gummies. I take two of those every night like a little dessert to go with my regular dessert. And my hair is stronger than ever. And you know what? Hum products are sustainably sourced, non-GMO, and free of soy gluten, artificial colors, and preservatives. Plus, they have lots of vegan options. So go to humnutrition.com slash get underscore started for your personalized recommendations and get 20% off your purchase with code BTB. That's humnutrition.com slash get underscore started and code BTB. Okay, Jolenta, we talked about our first weeks of living by the four agreements. Now, let's talk about week two, starting with you. Okay, dope. So remember back in week one when I was like, I'm not going to be a flake. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I started week two by seeing if I could actually run on time, which I would consider to be doing my very, very best. A.K.A. step four. Yes. So in order to run on time, I became much more vigilant about checking subway delays because those can really mess you up. I worked 
harder to get up earlier and schedule the exact time I would have to leave my house to get somewhere instead of just ballparking it. And I even started wearing a watch. Ooh, yeah. very impressive. Thank you, thank you. So how did all of your efforts work for you? Well, let's take a listen to my audio diary. Here I am in week two on my way to meet you, actually, to tour an office space that we were thinking of using. Okay, I am here waiting for Kristen, and I am 10 minutes early. I could get used to this. It would disappoint Kristen a lot less and be way less fucking embarrassing. It's not fun to be like, hey, I'm late on the time because I'm a mess a lot and I'm still fine-tuning my ADHD meds. Even though it's been a fucking year since I've been diagnosed, I can't quite get it right. And, like, sometimes I have no concept of time. That's a shitty excuse and a shitty way to think. But it's also true. All right. First of all, I want to correct you. Yes? You, you are not 10 minutes early. You were 20 minutes early. Okay. You were so I early. I was really early. <laughs> because I was walking there. I was I was walking from home. It was, mm-hmm. like, maybe two and a half miles from my apartment. And I was walking. And somewhere around the point where I was still about a half a mile away, I got a text from you saying, I'm sitting on a bench outside of the space. And I was like, holy crap, I'm still half a mile away. This is nuts. Yeah. I cannot believe it. Yeah. And That's what happens when I do my fucking best. <laughs> and sorry, I shouldn't say I couldn't believe it. You know, I was I was happy about it. And it's not that I couldn't believe it, but it was Thank nice. You. Yeah, Thank it was you. nice. All right. So, so what uh, did you do after that? So after that, I moved on to step five, creating a new dream. And that basically sort of meshed with step seven for me. I had trouble. Step seven's prayer, reminder. Yeah, prayer. So basically creating a new dream and prayer sort of mushed into the same thing for me. And uh, I spent a lot of time in week two just sort of imagining love everywhere. And mm. that love was sort of a justification for not needing to justify my existence or, you know, remind people I'm garbage or make everyone comfortable by being self-deprecating, you know? So it was nice. It was a lot of sort of like every morning I'd wake up and like look out the window like you, Kristen. Yeah. I don't have a bird feeder, but I'd be like, birds, love, like, Did you I'm look okay. At some squirrels? You're you love okay. Squirrels. Yes. I tried to just sort of notice them more, mm. my squirrels and my birds. And like, it was a very pleasant experience. Good. I enjoyed it overall, just sort of reminding myself periodically throughout the day and starting my day, especially with with the idea of love and not needing to prove yourself. Oh, that's so good. And then how did you end the week? Well, I ended my week with step three, which is don't make assumptions. Yes. So on the last night of week two, I was relaxing. I was doing my best version of relaxing because, you know, I just do my best now, which is crocheting (laughs) and watching TV at the same time. Multitasking relaxing. Yeah. And uh, Brad got home from work and made just an offhanded comment, but it rubbed me the wrong way. And instead of making an assumption, which I would normally do, being like, Brad doesn't give a shit about me or what I do, I asked him some questions. Because that's what the book says to do instead of making assumptions. Ooh. Here we are discussing as we went to bed. When you don't know the difference between crocheting and knitting, are you making fun of me? No, I really... I know the difference. 
effects in terms of regaining them. Mm-hmm. It always seems synonymous, so it just slips out. But it's not because I don't. I it's like when you say it, I go, "Oh, duh, yeah, like I'm an idiot." No, I'm not doing it on purpose to make fun of you. And it's not because you don't care. I think it's dumb. No, no, I think it's great. I just haven't gotten like pounded through my brain that like I know that they're different. It has been pounded in my brain, but like when the thought comes to me on instinct of oh you're doing the thing like, yarn stuff knitting yeah. okay does that make sense yeah I'm sorry if it makes you feel maligned no that's okay I just wanted to ask before I assumed anything oh that look actually at, look at what you learned yeah that sounded great actually. Yeah, it was surprisingly nice. Normally, I'm just like, ah, oh, it's fucking crochet, not knitting. Why do you always say a fucking knit? And I don't know why it bothers me. And he just, like, makes honest mistakes and just thinks, like, all yarn crafts are knitting because he's Brad. <laughs> but he's not doing it to malign me. And it's nice to be reminded of that. So, yeah, yeah that's how I ended my week, too. Things were a lot, like— gentler I think in my week too overall just lots of like envisioning love and and asking questions oh good good that sounds beautiful thank you thank you how was your second week living by the four agreements was it as beautiful Mm, well we're gonna get into that now so reminder in week one I did all the steps that I was most excited about you did the fun ones I did the fun ones I prayed to the birds I used my words to spark joy and um, that means in week two, I had to get to the bad steps or what I considered the unfun steps. And I started with the least horrible of them, step three. Ah, uh, good old not making assumptions. Yes, the third agreement, make no assumptions. Now, I have to say, I assume things all the time. And honestly, I think my assumptions make me a kinder, gentler person. But the, Interesting. Yes, but the book says not to assume. And so I did my best not to, and things did not go well. Listen to me and my friend Liz out on a walk. Look at that fucking dickhead (laughs) on his texting device. It's like, I'm not even going to say he's on his cell phone because he is clearly like playing Candy Crush or fucking texting or doing something else. And he's in a car, just like a fucking dickhead. Like normally I would say like, oh, I'm just going to assume his wife's going into labor. So he's texting her right now. You're about to have a baby. You always look at the, the bright side. What's happening to you? Well, that's because I usually assume the best in people, but I'm not allowed to assume with this dumb book anymore. Well, so I, think I can't book's assume not for you. My God. <laughs> well, that's what I have to do. Oh no. This is terrible. That guy's a dickhead. <laughs> Welcome to my world, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I always assume the best in people. I make up stories about people. Like if somebody is walking down the street yelling, I'm like, oh, maybe they have a hearing issue so they have to yell really loud. Or maybe if somebody is taking forever in line ahead of me, maybe I have to presume that they have like rheumatoid arthritis and Mm. can't reach their credit card in their bag and that's why they're spending 20 minutes. But it's so much better to assume the best in people or assume that maybe they have their own struggles. We all have own struggles. So if I assume they have their struggles or I assume they have something really good or really bad happening that's causing them to behave in a certain way, those assumptions I make make me happier. They make me less Mm -hmm. angry at people. I think you're a rare case, though. To assume the best in people? I think everyone is like me. (laughs) Um, No. But I just think, yeah, like I would assume that guy's an asshole who's like texting in the middle of an intersection. I would never be like, oh, my gosh, clearly he's, like, working on a deadline and, like, trying to tell his wife he's going to be late or, like, you know. I don't give people the benefit of the doubt. I assume they're 
always out to get me. <laughs> and I think that the book is, is gearing the advice towards people who are like, everyone's trying to get me. Well, it doesn't matter because that's not the way I assume. That's so interesting. And the way I assume, it made me a worse Angrier. person. Yeah. yeah. It made me a worse person, not a better one. What did you do after that? All right. So next I moved on to step two. Oh, my favorite. The second agreement. Don't take anything personally, guys. Just don't. Yeah. And you know what? For this one, I'm going to come out and say it. Mm-hmm. I hated this step in a way that I don't think I've ever hated any step in any book we've ever lived by on this show. To say that this step was bananas, mm-hmm. is a, it's just a complete understatement. This step yeah. was actually just dangerous, in my opinion. And here I am talking to Dean about it. Okay, so get a load of this. It says, it should not matter if people say you're hurting me, because the truth is, these people are hurting themselves. People who feel the need to suffer will make you abuse them. That is taken directly from the book. I am reading from the book right now. And... Excuse me, but that's seriously fucked up. Yeah, that is ridiculous. How? No, the victims are not making you abuse them. Like, do you think little kids are fucking ask, asking for it? Are they asking to be no. hit and molested and abused by the people who are supposed to be taking care of them? No, no. definitely not. No, they did this not ask for it. Just, it does, it, this sentence is just wrong. And I'm just going to make it personal for a second. I mean, let's just talk about me. Yeah, you never asked for anything. That was done to you. you. You were not asking for any of the abuse that you had to fucking suffer through no. when you were growing up. No, That's and I know that. And the social workers and attorneys in Hennepin County, Minnesota, didn't think I was asking for it either. So, because right. they're normal humans. Unlike this, whatever the hell this is. It's fucking bullshit. It's bullshit. Ugh, I hate this step. I hate it. I hate this step. And like hearing you read it is like being punched like it is so offensive nobody who has survived abuse deserves it they do not and by the way i think this is the first time i've mentioned my Mm -hmm. childhood abuse on the show and i want to make something very clear here that's not because i'm ashamed of it it's not because i'm in denial about it it's not because i want to hide it from anyone it's simply because it's something i rarely think about anymore Mm -hmm. and I'm so happy that's the case because as a child and all the way through college, I thought about the reprehensible things my father did to me every single day. And what got me past the trauma, in addition to cutting him out of my life, was the help of mental health professionals who made it very clear, among many other things, that I was never asking for anything that he did to me. So I'm not about to say that I asked for it now. And so I didn't do this step. No, this step is bullshit. Can't hug you. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, don't be sorry. This is, this step is what's wrong with like everything in the world, I feel like. And I know that is so, fu- like a big fucking statement, but it is. It's the whole idea of like, it's not personal or like everyone's got their damage and takes it out on you, but it is our job as an individual to examine our own damage and to, like, not perpetuate that. And it is no one's fault if perpetuating damage gets, like, taken out on you. And it's no one's fault, especially when you are not in a position of power, if someone in a position of power is taking advantage of you, hurting you, doing anything you don't want, you did not bring that on yourself. And to advise people to take that on and own that abuse as something they were, like, caught cosmically asking for is just perpetuating the sort of myth of like abuse doesn't hurt you if you don't 
let it. Like, it does. It hurts you. It changes your fucking brain pathways. And you have to deal with it for the rest of your life. And you didn't ask for it. And, like, fuck this step. I'm off my soapbox. This is not a verdict. (laughs) I am so proud of you for sharing this and for just being open and honest about what you have dealt with and how it's not your fucking fault. No, it's not my fault. It's so refreshing because I'm so sick of like, well, if it bothered you, like, you should have done something or like, owned your life more. Like, you were a fucking kid. Yeah. Fuck. Okay, how was the rest of your second week? Well, you're going to be even more proud of me now. Yay. (laughs) Oh, my god. Because I also skipped step five. Yeah, fuck all the steps. <laughs> I don't even know what that one is anymore. Oh, breaking old agreements. Yes. Fuck that one. Yes, yes. And this step includes the instructions to open up all mm. your old wounds, to forgive, and this. And I'm going to quote from the book, mm-hmm. your parents did the best they could. And if they abused you, it was due to their own domestication, their own fears, their own beliefs. They had no control over the programming they received. So they could not have behaved any differently. There is no need to blame your parents or anyone who abused you in your life. Now, Obviously, Mm-mm. there's no way I could have done this step. Mm-mm. There's no way I could have done this step because it would have caused me further harm to do and this step. And you know, like, we've talked about forgiveness a lot on this. And, like, no, I'm not going to forgive people who destroy other people because of their damage. Who are like, I know, like, now that I'm in charge, like, I'm going to inflict all the damage I got. Like, no. no. Not going to excuse it. Not going to normalize it. And... Fuck forgiveness. You can forgive yourself for blaming yourself for their shit. But, like, no. Yeah. Unless they prove they've changed. You don't have to forgive shit. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. What else? What else happened? <laughs> I have been talking so much during no, your fucking No, no. I really week. appreciate it. I really appreciate it because I'm sitting in the studio crying here. And I don't. No. I don't like to sit in the studio crying. I don't. No one should make Kristen <laughs> fucking cry. Well, <sighs> okay. So okay. even though I said fuck you to the step, even though I said I am not going to do anything involving the step, I was still completely affected by it. The step still had a hold on me. Listen. All right, sweetie. It's late. It's time for us to go to bed. we got to get to work in the morning. No, let's watch another episode of the show. <laughs> no, come on. It's after midnight. I don't want to go to bed. I've been having nightmares. I don't want to go to bed. Oh, hon. Really? What about? Because, because the stupid book. Oh, the fucking book. I've been having nightmares that I'm in horrible, horrible situations where I'm trapped in a room while my father does terrible things to me until I tell him it wasn't his fault. Oh, God. Oh, hon. Oh, that's it. I'm taking this fucking book away from you. I just, I fucking hate this book. I haven't been, I mean... This book just makes me not want to go to bed anymore. I'm, like, so fucking mad at this book. It's just everything that's wrong with men. (laughs) It's so bad. Is that, like, our listeners, like, you always hate men, blah, blah, blah. But it's just, like, I'm so sick of being told by men, like, forget your problems, blah, blah, blah. And then you have this, like, private pain that eats you 
fucking alive, even when you're trying to like zone out and go to sleep. Like this shit is real and it comes for you. Yes. And and you can't control it. And when some guy who claims to be an expert tells you that you have to absolve your abusers in the way that he's telling you to absolve them. Like it literally haunts your fucking nightmares. Yeah. Yeah. It is dangerous and it is re-traumatizing. And I'm not just making shit up because of my experience. I've talked with therapists, many therapists over mm-hmm. the years. Therapists have said to me, do not pressure yourself to absolve people who do bad yeah. things to you. Do not do any of the things that this book is telling me to do. And it's healthier not to in a lot of cases. In a lot of cases, it is re-traumatizing to tell the victim it was their fault. Yeah. And so it was horrible. Even though I skipped step two and step five, I was still haunted it by those still, steps. It was still, like, fucking torturing you. Yeah, it was horrible. And I'm— I can tell I'm about to go into like major uh, yeah, territory say, here. Let's we need to stop before we go any further because we have to take a break. We want to hear from you guys. What do you think of the four agreements? Share your stories with us at kristenangelenta at gmail.com. And if there are any of you who have faced abuse or exploitation, please remember there's the National Sexual Assault Hotline. Rain, you can call it at 1-800-656-4673. 24 hours a day. Buy the Book is brought to you by Burrow. Burrow is rethinking how people shop for and live with their furniture by making high-quality sofas that are customized online, shipped for free in one week, and set up in minutes. I love that Burrow is built to adapt to your life with stain-resistant fabric, a built-in USB charger, and a frame made from sustainably sourced hardwood. I cannot get over the USB charger built in. Kristen, we've talked about this before. I'm never going to leave my couch. I'm going to spill things on it. It will be stain resistant, (laughs) and I'm just going to plug in my phone on it. And I can't get over that sustainably sourced hardwood. You know I love responsibly designed furniture, and I always feel happy when I'm on my Burrow sofa because I know what I'm doing is making me feel good and making the world better. Burrow was recently named one of the best inventions of 2018 by Time magazine, and you can can get $75 off your award-winning Burrow sofa by visiting burrow.com slash buy the book. That's B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash buy the book to get $75 off your order. Thanks again to Burrow for supporting the show. Okay, Jolenta, it's time to get down to business. Did the four agreements actually work? Would either of us recommend this book? I had very, very high hopes for this book. I have heard a lot about it from people I like, and I was amped. I was, like, thinking it would change my life. But, in fact, I fucking hated this book Mm. from beginning to end. From the second I started reading it, the language itself was a huge turnoff. It's super flowery, ethereal language, but in a way I hate And it's filled with pseudoscience that is, like, very simplistic and wrong, I would say. Oh, you mean that part where he says if you look at someone and say, hey, you have the coloring of someone who has cancer, that you're going to give that person cancer within a year. Yeah, like, that's fucking nuts. And that's how the book starts. And it just goes downhill from there. It's just basically one giant reframing exercise with the word agreement thrown in a billion times. And uh, even though some of the steps added some good into my life, you know, like I was on time. That feels good. I like noticing birds and squirrels and thinking of them as pure love. But just the bad 
outweighs the good in this book. Like, there, there is too much blaming, which I think we talk to a lot when it's sort of the, like, mind over matter. You're as happy mm-hmm. as you decide to be. Like, it can be detrimental to just blindly decide to be happy and ignore things life is actually handing you. And, you know— During this whole book, I I kept thinking about that PE teacher I had in high school who, you know, harassed me, commented on my body all the time, manhandled me. And yeah, he did what he did because of his own fucked up damage and issues with women and their bodies and his need to control them. But it very personally affected me. And I'm not going to not take it personally. Only in blaming him and taking it personally, was I able to sort of, like, have ownership over myself again? That's what set me free from his bullshit, was blaming him, essentially. Yeah. And this this book doesn't take power structures into consideration at all. It's like, you were a powerless kid when your dad, like, decided to do all that shit he did. And it's not your fault for feeling hurt by things that people in power take out on powerless children. I just, I hate this book. And it just made me, I didn't spiral the way you did. But like last night, I was up until 2 a.m. Googling my old health teacher. Because like this book made me like irrationally mad at him and start to like blame myself again too. And I was reading his fucking like rate my teacher reviews from 10 years ago at 2 a.m. last night. This book Made my life worse. Done. Hate this book. It is bad. It is damaging. How is your How's your verdict going? Okay, so I'm gonna start by saying some good things about this book, which you is gonna really surprise to. you. Yeah, <laughs> I um, don't need you to, but you can. But but I'm going to. I did have fun in week one. I loved trying to spark joy with my words, although maybe that just comes from being friends with Sarah Bentley and not really this Yeah, book. wait, like she seems very inspiring. She's so inspiring. And I love doing wacky walks with Dean and, you know, goofing off and yelling to the park workers how much yeah. I appreciated them. I love doing all those things. Yeah. I, I really loved it. And I will say this. I think if you just look at the chapter headings for each chapter – you know, don't take things personally and don't assume things and try your best. You know, those would be perfectly good four sentences to have on a book. It'd be a good like poster in the workplace. Be, it'd be fine. It would be totally fine. So, you know, I'm not even super, super opposed to just like the, the idea of the agreements. Yes. But then you get to the meat of the agreements. You actually read the words in every chapter. There's no way I could recommend this book based on all of the words that are between those chapter Mm -hmm. headings. This is a dangerous book that could traumatize a lot of people or re-traumatize a lot of people. It blames people for things that aren't their fault. And I just think that for anyone who's successfully moved beyond the trauma of abuse, particularly childhood abuse at the hands of one's parents, it's insane to expect these people to open all their wounds back up like the book says you should. Yeah. And with sit- no supervision or like not even a mention of maybe see a therapist. Yeah. And hey, you know what? It's not the abuser's fault. He didn't know any better. You to- were a dum dum for getting hurt. Yeah. And in my case, you know, not only did I work hard to mm-hmm. heal all of those wounds and move into a better place in my life, 
I also left my father in the past. Yeah. After I was able to escape him right before seventh grade, I only ever talked to him again three more times in my whole life, and the last time was when I was 20 years old. So why would you ask me after I worked so hard to get away from that? To just go back to there, just like tear it all open it again? Into your, it's basically this book is like undo all the work you've ever done to like get by. Yes. And unlike this author— I don't actually feel the need to forgive my abusers or be friends with them um, or try to see things from their side. He, he's doing the classic American talk show version of forgiveness. Right. You're absolved and you don't even ever have to change. You don't even have to ever be confronted by the person you hurt. Like just the no, person I'm you turn hurt the other cheek, you. So the yeah. cheek that you already beat, you can beat me up on the other cheek. No. I don't owe my abusers anything. Jolenta, you don't owe your abusers anything. And... I know that we're probably going to get a lot of mail yeah. now because yeah. um, we have a very large percentage of our listeners who are very pro-forgiveness. And listeners, if that's you, do what works for you. Yeah. Absolutely. But, you know, I know a Don't lot of— Don't tell us to forgive anymore. Yeah. I hope that if you will take our experiences seriously and what we've talked about in this episode, you won't be sending us those letters anymore. Yeah. I really— Let's just not. explore what the new what the what's the new buzzword for forgive. <laughs> now in a post me too era, what are we working towards that isn't just fucking absolution for no reason for abusers? Yeah. So long story short, my verdict is don't read this book. I think this book is bad. I think it's dangerous. Just don't read this book. You can read the table of contents, like I said, just see what the chapter titles are and then take the book and throw it in the trash and then set the trash recycle on fire. It. Okay, you can recycle it. Yeah. Use it as kindling. If you, true. If you know, true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Reuse. You're right. Yeah. And that's it for this episode of By the Book. Huge, huge thank you to our production team at Stitcher, Nora Ritchie, Jared O'Connell, Casey Holford. Thanks also to Nate Wida, who composed our theme song, and to the Rizzos, who perform it. Please stay in touch. Let us know if you've read The Four Agreements and how it worked or didn't work for you. We know a lot of you out there it did work for because we've had hundreds of requests for this book over the last few years. So, and my, yeah. my personal question to add on to that, if it did work for you, was it pre-Me Too? Because yes. I feel like that... I feel like if I had read it before Me Too, I would have had a lot different thoughts. Yeah. Very curious. So let us know. Our email address is kristenandjolenta at gmail.com. You can also tweet us at Jolenta G, at Kristen Meinzer, or at By the Book Pod. And please rate us and review us in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your favorite shows. It helps other people find By the Book. And, you know, you can help other people find By the Book by just grabbing their phone and downloading our show on it. Until next time, I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm Jalenta Greenberg. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Really? You took the bye-bye? <laughs> And the thank you. She always has to have the last, the last like sound. <laughs> Stitcher. Whatever struggles you are facing from depression and anxiety to trauma and grief, BetterHelp can connect you with a professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. Best of all, it's a truly affordable option. Buy the book listeners even get 10% off your first month with the discount code BTB. So why not get started? 
Simply go to betterhelp.com btb and fill out a questionnaire to get matched with a counselor you'll love today. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.